0: Letter thirty two of Clarissa Harlow, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clarissa Harlow, Volume three, by Samuel Richardson. Letter thirty two, Miss Clarissa Harlow to miss howe in continuation as this subject was introduced by himself and treated so lightly by him i was going on to tell him more of my mind but he interrupted me dear dear madam spare me i am sorry that i have lived to this hour for nothing at all but surely you could not have quitted a subject so much more agreeable and so much more suitable i will say to your present situation if you had not too cruel a pleasure in mortifying a man who the less needed to be mortified as he before looked up to you with a diffidence in his own merits too great to permit him to speak half of his mind to you be pleased but to return to the subject we were upon and at another time i will gladly embrace correction from the only lips in the world so qualified to give it you talk of reformation sometimes mr lovelace and in so talking acknowledge errors But I see you can very ill bear the reproof, for which perhaps you are not solicitous to avoid giving occasion. Far be it from me to take delight in finding fault. I should be glad for both our sakes, since my situation is what it is, that I could do nothing but praise you. But failures which affect a mind that need not be very delicate to be affected by them are too grating to be passed over in silence by a person who wishes to be thought in earnest in her own duties i admire your delicacy madam again interrupted he although i suffer by it yet would i not have it otherwise indeed i would not when i consider of it it is an angelic delicacy which sets you above all our sex and even above your own it is natural to you madam so you may think it extraordinary but there is nothing like it on earth said the flatterer what company has he kept but let us return to the former subject you were so good as to ask me what i would advise you to do i want but to make you easy i want but to see you fixed to your liking your faithful hannah with you your reconciliation with those to whom you wish to be reconciled set on foot and in a train and now let me mention to you different expedients in hopes that some one of them may be acceptable to you i will go to mrs howe or to miss howe or to whomsoever you would have me to go and endeavour to prevail upon them to receive you do you incline to go to florence to your cousin morden i will furnish you with an opportunity of going thither either by sea to leghorn or by land through france perhaps i may be able to procure one of the ladies of my family to attend you either charlotte or patty would rejoice in such an opportunity of seeing france and italy as for myself i will only be your escort in disguise if you will have it so even in your livery that your punctilio may not receive offence by my attendance. I told him I would consider of all he had said, but that I hoped for a line or two from my aunt Harvey, if not from my sister, to both of whom I had written, which, if I were to be so favoured, might help to determine me. Meantime, if he would withdraw, I would particularly consider of this proposal of his, in relation to my cousin Morden, and if it held its weight with me, so far as to write for your opinion upon it, he should know my mind in an hour's time. He withdrew with great respect, and in an hour's time returned and i then told him it was unnecessary to trouble you for your opinion about it my cousin morden was soon expected if he were not i could not admit him to accompany me to him upon any condition it was highly improbable that i should obtain the favour of either of his cousin's company and, if that could be brought about, it would be the same thing in the world's eye as if he went himself. This led us into another conversation, which shall be the subject of my next. End of letter thirty two.